Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Seventy-five people here. There's a little joke there that y'all not aware of, but uh, we was at McDonald's last night, and Sister McGee and I was, and Brother Pat was there, and uh, come in and sat down and visited with us, and I told him, I said, Brother Pat, I'm praying for seventy-five people tomorrow night. He started laughing at me. Instead of joining me, he laughed at me. And I told my, my wife was almost agreeing with him on the way to church. And I said, y'all feel funny if we get there and there's 75 people there. I know y'all still laughing, aren't you? But you know what? God could bring them through the doors before this service is over. But I'm going to preach like there's 75 here because I feel the message. And I believe God wants to stir up this church. And, it's, and, and I'm almost taken on from where I left off on Sunday morning. But I, I, I don't know just where all it'll go. But we're going to do it by the help of the Lord. I'm going to turn to 1 Thessalonians tonight. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I'm going to read more verses than I normally read. Y'all, I'm just going to tear it up and read about nine verses. I know it's not like Bishop, but... Uh, Tonight I'm going to do it, okay? Hallelujah. It's good to see all of you here tonight. Praise the Lord. Let's give our hands, let's give ourselves a hand tonight. Well, every now and then during the preaching, if you'd just give me and the Lord a hand, because I plan on doing something tonight. I, I, you, you, have you, anybody ever felt come to church just feeling something special? Yet you just felt like something was going to happen. And you felt like that, you, you know, already felt it on you. You ever done that? But James, I believe first time you ministered in this church, you felt that before you ever got here. There was something you felt like something was going to happen. Well, I've always said it this way. I, what I really want tonight, I want to happen to somebody. Come on, if I'm feeling it, I want you to feel it. Hallelujah. I don't want to be the only one standing up here feeling the presence of the Lord overshadow me. I want it to run on you too. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And I'm going to start at verse 1. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. Isn't that something way to start out? He said, you already know. I don't even have to write to you. You ought to know this already. Well, I'm going to tell you, church, you ought to know it already. I shouldn't even have to read it to you. But I'm going to anyway. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child. They shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. 
Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep. Now, I want you to pay attention. Therefore, let us not sleep and listen to these three little words as others do. Somebody look at your neighbor saying as others do. Glory. But let us watch and be sober. Glory. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober. Putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Verse 9, for God hath not appointed us to wrath. I like that. Come on. Amen. Somebody said amen. Ain't that the way you want it to be? So be it. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the word. I thank you, Lord, for I feel your spirit walking up and down these aisles, Lord, tonight. I felt your presence, Lord, in this place today, praying, God, about this message tonight. Different times, Lord, since Sunday night when I have laid awake and prayed, God. I felt you, God. You've brought me here each time, Lord. And there's purpose, God, in what you want me to speak. And I'm praying, Lord, you would put a stir in the house and the mind of this people. Lord, stir our minds up. Oh, we need a stir in this day, Lord. Help us today speak to people through the word of God. By the anointing, Lord, it's your message and not mine. Speak to your children, encourage and strengthen them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. I want to preach this subject tonight simply. It's wake-up time. It's wake-up time. How many believes it's wake-up time? I believe it's wake-up time. As I was reading, I happened to run on to something, a little story that kind of just went right along with this, and I felt like that it would be profitable for me to read this it talked about talks about the harvest judgment and it says judgment is upon a church fast asleep on a pillow of false security now listen that the end of the age is falling having a form of godliness that that, that really worries me having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, forgetting her great ceremony, forgetting her great commission, she has settled down for a routine. Oh, y'all remember me preaching on the routine? Amen. Settle down for a routine, a form, and ceremony. 
and has robbed her of her vision and zeal to preach the gospel of salvation to all the world that her Lord may soon return. Unless there is a renewed vision and revival of obedience in the church, multitudes of professing believers are in great danger of being found sleeping when Christ comes. That bothers me. That shut me. And I thought, is this not true in our day? Is this not true in our hour tonight? Otherwise, there would be 75 people here. Amen. But it would become, we've become sleepy on the pews. There is a common thread. There is a common enemy, if you please, that is loose in the world today, making every effort to overcome the church with darkness, put out the Christian light, turn on the world, all the world into spiritual darkness, and rock every Christian to sleep. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants us to be found sleeping when the Lord splits the eastern sky. But somehow tonight, I want to awaken us in this hour. Because if there was ever a crucial hour, I believe that this is a crucial hour for the church. In fact, I believe this is a crucial hour for the world. Amen. Just look at who President Trump has chosen. And look at already, there's already a war going on. Because... There is a loose side that does not want him in. They don't want him to fulfill his duties. I'm going to tell you, the world is a heap of trouble. And if we're not careful, church, we get slid right into the middle of them. And we get carried away with all the cares of life. And all the things that are political. And I'm telling you, I can sit and watch TV a little bit and watch the news. And I get upset, Brother Mason, of all that's going on. And my wife has to look at me once in a while. She said, dear, turn that thing off. It just upsets you. And that's right, church. Hallelujah. Why get upset about it? The Lord's got it under. Come on. He's got it all in control. We don't have to worry about it. He knows what he's doing. He can use the bad for the good. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say amen. It's wake up time. Look at your neighbor and say it's wake up time. Somebody better say my brother Pat. It's wake up time, Brother Pat. Yes, sir. I told him, I said, Brother, if you don't move with me tonight, I have, may have to get over there and get you to help me preach again. I'll get him on his feet. He'll wake up. Thank you, Jesus. Our text really has no reference to natural sleep. But Paul was writing with the hope of keeping the Christians Awaken to their duties and watchful that the enemy might not overtake them unaware. Paul was trying to speak to the church of our day because if there is ever a time that the church is going to sleep, it's now. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, part of it is jobs. 
Part of it is hours of work. Part of it is stress of the job that works on us today. That is all a trick of the enemy. We must keep our eyes open. We must keep our prayer. Come on. Glory. Can I tell you that we must keep the prayer line between in here and heaven open. Can I tell you that we got to keep it open to the place that not only send up prayers, but we got to get prayers coming back down. Come on. <laughs> we need those airways clear that we can start seeing those miracles and signs and wonders that God has promised in this church. And it will only come when we keep praying and keep getting answers. Hallelujah. 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 Paul was trying to keep us awake. He's trying to awaken us to our duties. Hey, it's easy to get caught up in our duties, even at church. If we're not careful, the thing, that, the very thing that we do for God is not really for God. Brother Terry, even teaching a Sunday school class, if we're not careful, it can become a job. Well, here it is. It's almost weekend. I've got to study. No, you get a study. Come on now. Come on now. I've got to awaken us a little bit. Sometimes we get on the wrong side. And we think, my, this is such a, this is such a job. No, it's such an opportunity. Come on, you might speak to somebody in your class. Somebody in your class could receive the Holy Ghost. Somebody that's under your teaching could receive the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. I'm about to feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Paul's saying you better stay awake to your duties. We got to be watchful because the enemy might not overtake you unaware. We don't want him to overtake you unaware. You got to know he's coming. There's watchmen on the walls. I hope, Brother Mason... That me as a bishop is on the wall watching out for you. I hope to God that I can get in tune enough with God in the midnight hours, the wee hours of the morning, that God would speak to me when somebody's going through something and saying, it's time to pray. How many times, Sister McGee, have you and I both been awakened right beside each other? And I'd look over, you'd look, and she'd say, dear, are you awake? And I said, yeah, I can't sleep. She said, neither can I. I said, okay, let's pray. So we get our hands together, and we begin to pray. I don't know who it's for, but I just got this feeling that somebody needs our prayer. Oh, church, we need to be in that place that we can be sensitive to prayer to somebody that needs God. Need to be sensitive. It's time to wake up. It's a wake-up call. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The word awake there means to arouse from sleep or any state resembling sleep. You can daydream and be asleep. Hallelujah. It's time to wake up from our sleep or inactivity, doing nothing. Come on. <laughs> we need to be wide awake Christians that do not fall asleep suddenly. 
Come on, church. I'm preaching to us. I said we need to be wide awake Christians. You ever notice it catches in church? Somebody, somebody across. And pretty soon you got the whole church yawning. It's a sleepy state coming on. Come on. I believe we come to church that way. Come on. Anybody come to church tired? Anybody get up in the morning tired? Come on now. Anybody been rested up all together just lately? Come on, it's getting quiet on me. I said, has anybody got rested up completely and just felt like, buddy, I'm on top of the world. Woo! Glory. Got that feeling that way. If you did, by the time you hit the front door, the devil's waiting on the outside, and he took, yes, sir, he'll knock you down as fast as you got up. Thought, man, I, I should have stayed inside. I might have had a good day, but since I come out, the enemy starting. Well, you know, the car won't start or something happened. Somebody run out in front of you on the way to work. Somebody about took your front end off. They backed out in front of you. Or somebody that didn't stop at a stop sign like the other day. I was just driving my own business, driving that Lincoln down one of the streets. There were stop signs. I, I really didn't have to worry, Brother Mason. There were stop signs on both sides. I got the right of way, right? Well, I'm going to tell you. I won't tell you whether it's a male or a female, but there was somebody pulled up that other stop sign, slowed down, pulled right out, and about got me. And I thought, where are you at? You know what? They're asleep at the wheel in that many times. And if they're not asleep at the wheel, we pulled up beside of one the other day, Sister McGee. Looked down, this boy sat there, and he's a Texan. Pushed on the accelerator going. He didn't know whether he's supposed to go or stop. I just pulled up to one last week right up here in our own city. Right there, amen, on 9th Street. I pulled up there. Come on. Amen. The light changed. They still sitting there. I knew what they's doing. They's reading a text, getting ready to send another. I told my wife, I said, I already just honked. <laughs> Come on. The light's green, dummy. That means go, not stop. Come on. This is where we're at. There's not only people that's asleep in church, but there's people on the streets that are asleep. Come on. They're not hearing the message. Oh, the Bible speaks about, Brother Mason, there being a famine of the Word of God. And I'm sorry, I don't believe that it means that the Word ain't being preached. I believe it means that people won't go to hear it. There is a famine to those you tell me there's not. There's 40%, Brother Terry, of this city that never darkens a church door. That tells me that there's a famine to those people. But thank God that you and I come time after time and we hear a word from our pastor or from some minister in this church. Thank God for a word. Oh, let it not fall on deaf ears in the church. It's wake-up time. It's time for us to get out of our sleepy state. Glory, hallelujah. I want to caution you. The church has not fallen asleep all at once. 
It's been a process. In fact, it happens so slowly that people don't even realize that they're there. For the bad, be very easy for you. You live alone. There's nobody to encourage you but your brothers and your sisters. It'd both be so easy to say, you know, I'm tired of going to church by myself and sitting alone. Come on, let's help Brother Pat a little bit. Come on, somebody clap your hands. He's here most of the time. Come on. Somebody clap your hands. He buys more he buys more CDs than this church and all of you put together. He is the CD ministry in this church. He carries it outside of here and he listens to them over and over. And some of us don't even get the word of God when it's here. Much less get a CD to listen to it at home. What do you think I am? Bishop, how much time you think I've got? Yet, Brother Pat's got a full-time job. Come on, church. He works on lawnmowers on the side. And if we don't watch it, he'll be working on them in church time. Now I'm preaching to you. I'm digging around you a little bit. I don't want you to go to sleep with a lawnmower between your legs working on it. Come on, church. Don't laugh at him. Some of you have gone to sleep at home, too. Come on. If you're not careful, you miss church over some little old piddly thing. I got a headache. I'd go to work with it, but I'm not going to church with it. Well, a headache ain't too bad then. Oh, Bishop, you're getting on shaky ground. I'm telling you, I think it's time to wake up. It's time not only to wake up, it's time to get up. Oh, hallelujah. Woo! Hey, they didn't need chairs in the temple. They stood in the outer court, the Bible said. I don't get no place where they sat down in the outer court. They stood. If we could get enough spirit of God in here moving, we all wouldn't want to sit. In fact, I can remember the time, Brother Freddie, that we can honestly say in our church that we stood more than we used the pews. We didn't need padded pews. Can somebody back me up with an amen? Come on. What's happened? Somehow we've become sluggish on our pews. And the things of God have become less important than they used to be. Our prayer time has become sluggish. Come on. You notice I said our prayer time. He don't just take your prayer time away. He slowly dwindles it away. Don't happen all at once. The scary part is many Christians, many churches are asleep and don't even realize they are and it can't even tell you when it happened. They can't tell you when that thing left. Why? They can't tell you when they started feeling 
just not where they should be. They can't tell you when they really got to feeling, you know, there's no sense going to church. I might as well stay home. They don't know when it happened. I've counseled people like that over the last 28 years of, of people that have, have, have admitted that they don't know when it really happened. What a sad thing. Yet this today is even worse than it was then. It's become a bigger problem in the church than it ever has before. I've never seen our church pews so empty as they are now. It used to be. Come on now. Help me preach. It used to be that I don't care what when it was service morning, Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night. You could count on 70 people being there. Come on, somebody help me preach. Somebody wake up to the fact that we fell sluggish on the pew and we're about a half asleep and I'm not sure we're not nodding off. God, we don't even care about our families like we used to or we'd be praying and seeking God. Some of these things only come by prayer and fasting. God, help me. I'm telling you, God's been stirring me. I wake up every time I wake up, it's on my mind. God, help the church. Help us, Lord. We need a revival of restoration. Oh, It's a process. You become drowsy before you ever fall asleep. My wife admits lately that she hasn't felt drowsy. She can't get to sleep. And she'll go sit up in a chair and she'll read a book or read the Bible or something till she becomes sleepy and sometimes go to sleep while she's doing it. Don't laugh because I've done the same thing. You all have. How many times have you picked up your Bible, going to read, and you got through one chapter real good and the second chapter you fell asleep? And then you get to wonder, now what was that first chapter about? In other words, you was already half asleep while you was reading it and didn't even realize it. It was words, but that was all. It was words, church, without meaning. God help me. That's what happens in the church. The enemy gets us in that sleepy state. And we it's not that our ears didn't open, our eyes didn't open. We see the preacher. We hear the preacher. But the words are not connecting in the mind. We're already fast. have fast asleep. And don't even realize it. In fact, if somebody would ask you right after church what the minister preached on, you probably couldn't even tell them. Come on. Somebody say amen. You become sluggish, slow. You feel like you've run your last mile. You become dull. Can I say unresponsive? Is this, a, is this the, what you go through when you go to sleep? And this is the place you go through? Is it not just a regular thing? Then you become half asleep. You're in and you're out of conscience. God, 
I have seen so much of that in the church that it bothers me. I see people. Would you forgive me? I'm not preaching on anybody, okay? Just help me preach a little bit tonight. Because this bothers me. I see people looking through their cell phone while they're sitting in church trying to listen to the preacher. You can't do both. Oh, I can multitask. One of these days you're not going to be able to multitask. Come on, I don't know about you, but I need, when I'm in church, I need my mind on God. I don't need to be texting somebody on the outside to see what they're doing. I need to know what's going on right here. I need to hear Brother Mason on Sunday morning. Come on. I need to hear the word of God. I need it to stir me, Brother Pat. I don't want to be found asleep. Lord, you may hear something that may strike a note in your heart, and you may have missed that. God aimed to speak to you. I got to hurry. Thank you, Jesus. We're living in a world today that is in and out of consciousness. Glory. The biggest part are in an inactive state as far as God's concerned. And it's up to us to wake them up. My little granddaughter, great-granddaughter, not got too many small granddaughters anymore. It's great-granddaughters. My great-granddaughter, there's a little old video that she likes, and it's the Wiggles. And there's one of them guys on there that's uh, it's Jeff. He's always asleep. He sleeps. And he'll, he'll, he'll fall asleep standing up and he'll say, Wake up, Jeff! Oh, you know, every now and then, maybe it'd be good in church. If we just say to our neighbor, Wake up, Pat! Come on. Huh. Let not the enemy come and find us asleep. I thank God for that Bible, that King James that's laying there beside you, Brother Pat. But unless we stay awake to hear the words of it, it's not going to have meaning to us. Thank God for a pastor that preaches under anointing. You never see him get behind this pulpit without an anointing. He's always got a message for this church. That's God-given. And sometimes I think we take it for granted and we fall asleep even with our pastor preaching. Yet how many ministers, pastors, evangelists have we had come through these doors and say, you're all blessed to have your pastor. God help us. Let us realize what we got. Let us wake up. It's wake up time. Look at your neighbor and say, it's wake up time. Oh, God. It's up to us to wake them. The thief comes at night because people are more likely to be unconscious at night. It's a natural thing to sleep in the night. Statistics say that somewhere between midnight and 6 o'clock in the morning, thieves are more or I have to break in at that time because you ever notice that somewhere around 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, you're usually sleeping real good. If you get any sleep, that's usually when it is. 
and you don't like to be awake then, but that's when the Lord wakes me up. That's just me. And I don't think he does it to my son. I'm going to tell you, you know why? It's a quiet time. Brother Mason, it's one of those times that nothing else will bother you. Satan don't like to see you awake at that time because that's his hour. Glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> see, it's a natural thing to sleep in the night. It's not a natural thing to sleep in the day. It's hard to sleep in the day. It is for me. I hated hoodows. You know why? I couldn't eat right. I couldn't sleep right. I, my stomach was upset the whole stinking week. And instead of eating meals, I eat candy bars and junk food. Because that's the only way that I could really keep going. And I was glad when that week was over and I was back on days, tickled to death. Come on, church. You know why? It's a natural thing to sleep at night. That's the way God designed it in the beginning. The world's changed that. It's not natural to sleep in the day. The disadvantage of being asleep makes it more important that we stay awake. I said the disadvantage to going to sleep is the great reason why we need to stay awake. Sleeping men do not see. Sleeping men do not hear, Brother Pat. They have no understanding. Sleeping men have no understanding. They're not sensitive to danger that's going on around them. If you wanted to catch somebody or capture them, that's the best time to get them. Because... They're not sensitive to the danger. Ephesians 5, 14 through 16 says, Wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead. He even said, yeah. And Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectively, not as fool, but as wise, redeeming the time. That means buying it back. Because the days are evil. This is the day that we're living in. It's an evil day. Tell me it's not an evil day. You turn on the news, you murders every day. People breaking out of jail. Come on. Drugs are rampant. I just seen, I just seen a news thing last night. They had a, a rock star that was on there. And he was, he was in his upper age group now. I don't know just where, but somewhere in them upper 60s or something. He man, but down through his life, he had become quite, I guess, the entertainer. But he found himself wrapped up in drugs so bad that Brother Mason, he lost his sense of direction. He had no idea where he was at or nothing. And he ended up being homeless. And one, he said, that carried a sign that said, we'll work for money. Ma, we'll work for food. And he said, any money that I got, I went and spent it on drugs. So you want to watch what you're handing money out to. You go down to Evansville and you'll see them on the street corner. And they need something. 
But I found out. I, I began to listen to the news. And a lot of those people that's carrying those signs, it's people that don't want in that home. Come on. They don't want food and shelter because they can't have their drugs in there. It shuts them off. Come on, church. We got to watch. We can help people get their drugs if we're not careful. Whether they're homeless, so they are. It's their choice. Do you feel sorry for them? Yes, I do. I'm going to pray for them, but I'm not going to help them get their drugs. Someplace they got to bottom out and say, I need help. And he, told, he said on the news, he said, I finally got to the place I bottomed out and I needed help. And he said, I found God. And he said, I'm no longer on drugs. I'm off of the drugs. And I've taken my route and I've taken a different route in my life. Singing gospel songs. Come on, church. We got to be careful. This is the day and hour we live in. Circumspectively means watchful on all sides. The Christian must walk cautiously, ever alert, watching every step, and be ever watching for the enemy's tricks. Come on, he's trickery. There are snares and pitfalls along the way. A man walking in his sleep is sure to get in trouble. Sleepwalking is dangerous. My oldest brother used to sleepwalk. I won't forget we live in the bottoms. About five miles below Kingsburg down in Shoe Bend. In a basement in the house. My brother... One night there was something going on in the basement. Dad had, and if you remember, you know, it wasn't box springs way back in, but it was springs that went on the bed. And, and uh, we had a, mom used to store all of our, the fruit and vegetables and stuff that she can down there. It was a kind of a, a thing that went up in a place, a platform to set all that stuff around. And she'd set that stuff around there. My oldest brother was asleep, walked at night, and there was something going on in the basement. Well, when something goes on in the basement, Daddy used to be quite a rough guy when he was young. He had a 32 Secret Service pistol, and he took that thing, and he went to the basement. And he rounded the corner because it was two rooms, and he rounded the corner into that second room and shined that light and pointed the pistol. And my oldest brother got up to the top of the springs and turned around and sat down. He didn't even know he was there. Come on, church. I'm going to tell you. Uh -huh. It really isn't funny because I'm going to tell you. I believe there's some people in church that sleepwalking. They're asleep and don't even realize it. They don't even realize their state and where they're at. That bothers me. Because I've asked some of them. But Terry, I've asked. So you all right? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Why haven't you been to church yet? Where have you been? I tell you where they've been. They've been sleepwalking. And made it to the house of God. It's getting quiet in here. I'm going to go ahead and preach this sermon. Oh, Jesus. A sleeping man is unconscious. And he's easily captured. He can be easily apprehended and handcuffed by the enemy because of his unconscious and dangerous state. We need to keep each other awake. 
If you see your brother getting sleepy, wake him up. Wake up, Jeff. Come on. We need to be close enough to each other that our words will be effective. Sometimes all we need is a brother to bring out of us that state of sleepiness. Oh, I'm going to have to make sure Brother Pat wears his mask tonight to bed. I don't think he's wearing it, y'all. We need to pray for him. He's staying up too late and not giving enough rest. Help Brother Pat, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes all we need to do is to bring them to the state of mind that they're sleepy. Notice if you go to sleep, it's going to make others sleepy. Don't y'all keep looking. If you stay awake and keep active, it will be hard for others to sleep around you. Come on. Brother Pat, if you and I would stand up here and jump a little bit, like we did the other night, if we stand up here and jump a little bit, it's going to be hard for these people to go to sleep. Woo, come on. Ha! You know what? If we move enough in our church, it'll be hard for anybody to fall asleep. Brother Mike Penrod, I remember in the first church you coming and your boy and sitting and brought the nephews and sat on the back pew back there. And I remember Brother Mike couldn't go to sleep. You know why? He's back there laughing his head off. Man, i never seen that side of Paulie in my life. There's another side to him that I didn't know was there. Come on, church. You know why? Hey, at first he was coming to watch the show. Then the first thing you know, he became a part of the show. God, I'm feeling this. Come on, church. It's time to wake up your neighbor. It's time for us to worship. Not just on Sunday morning and Sunday night. This thing happens on Wednesday night too. We've had people receive the Holy Ghost, being baptized in Jesus' name on Wednesday night. We've had services that last till 10 or 11 o'clock because we're praying people through to the Holy Ghost. Anybody remember those days? And it ain't the preacher's fault. Still preaching the same word. Silver's still the same gospel going forward with just as much anointing as not more anointing than we ever had before. Yet we're a sleepy and sluggish church. I know, you think, well, probably the ones that ought to have heard that didn't hear. Well, maybe you can spread the word. Well, at least it'll be on podcast. Come on, we need to wake up, church. It's a dangerous place we're in. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. The sinner sleeping in his night of darkness is drifting into eternity unaware of the awful things that are awaiting him. If the Christian goes to sleep, there is darkness everywhere. Come on, you hear me? 
I said, if the Christian goes to sleep, there's darkness everywhere. There's no light shining. We are the light of the world. <laughs> Glory. But when the sun comes up, they all need no one to awaken them. The light brings them back to consciousness. You ever notice? I know y'all liked it when we had them longer days and of the morning. It didn't get, you know, it, it took it for a while to come to light because you could sleep longer. But now, as soon as the light comes out, you know, come, starts coming through the windows, you awake. Man, I can't sleep. Oh, maybe Brother James can. I don't know. Oh, Jesus. Think about it. If the Trish Christian goes to sleep, there is darkness everywhere. Nothing to awaken the lost. Nothing to awaken the lost. Think about it. Man, the animals, the fowl, slumber as long as it's dark. But when the sun comes up, they need no one to awaken them. The light brings them back to consciousness. The sleepy Christian will neglect his duties. The man who sleeps during harvest time has nothing to eat and soon no home. Yeah, the one who works while the fields are white has food in the rain and in the cold. The sleeping church member will come to judgment of rewards empty-handed without anything. Samson lost his power while asleep. He flirted with the enemy while he was awake and became less fearful through the soft, flattering words of a woman. And he finally revealed his heart, Brother Terry. Pillowed his head in her lap and fell off to sleep only to awaken powerless. What a sad thing. The disciples slept while Jesus prayed. Going through the biggest battle that he would ever fight in his life. He fought it alone while they slept. He said, could you not pray with me one hour? The spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. In the battle between flesh and spirit, the disciples let the flesh win and they fell asleep. I'm about to close. Brother Mason, you can come. Musicians, singers. Well, let me conclude this. The conclusion is this. This altar is open tonight. I pray somehow that I've said something that stirred your mind. We don't have time to hit the snooze two or three times. Come on, hear me, church. I said, we don't have time to hit the snooze two or three times. It's time to get up and get going. I got family. I got kids. I got grandkids. I got nieces. I got nephews. That are lost. God, I don't have time. We need to awaken ourselves by pouring spiritual water on our face and hanging our head out God's window and let the Holy Ghost wind blow in our face so we can come to consciousness of the time that we're living in. What a sad thing. You may have to turn to some good old gospel music 
and flip on the radio to stay awake. If that's what it takes, do it. There is so much negativism in our world today that sometimes just a good gospel song will bring you to conscience that God's still real and he still loves you and he's not left you alone. Whatever it takes to stay awake, I say I want you to stay awake. Like it's the days about God. I can't stress to you enough the days about God. Night's coming on. The enemy's waiting for the night, church. He's waiting for us to all fall asleep. He's waiting to slip some more out of our midst with us not even realizing that it happened. When did it happen? When did they quit? Yet we got several that's been missing. Might be good just to pick up the phone and give them a reminder we've been missing you. It don't have to be pastor all the time. I've done it. You've done it. I used to do it when I was pastor. Sister McGee's watched me many times sit down and have a list of names, sit down at the phone, just start calling and say, just, just, tell, just telling you I missed y'all. Not downing them for... Not coming, not just saying, I missed y'all. Just, just love you. Want you to know that we love you. Night is settling in. The sun's going down. It's getting dark out there, church. A lot of times, the Sloans start their partying somewhere around midnight. They, and then people go in there all hours of the night to the wee hours of the morning. Night is settling in. What are we going to do about it? Brother James, I'd still like to see your family here. Brother Freddie, you've got nieces and nephews. I'd like to see them. Brother Terry, like to see nieces and nephews here. Zach, I still like to see that favorite little redhead in here. Her ham, her family, her kids here all the time. I'd still like to see that. Ty, I want to see you and that pretty lady more. I ain't forgot. I still pray for Daddy. Daddy needs a touch of the Master's hand. I can remember times of that guy standing before us. But Freddie, I can remember us laying hands on him, start to pray it. Man, that old body starts shaking. He could just barely stand on his feet. How long has it been, church? Since you felt that Holy Ghost that you could hardly stand, that you got limp. How long's it been since we had a real move of the Holy Ghost that shut this building? How long's it been since we've seen it full with our families? 
Sister McGee and I just got a good report the other day, and I won't tell nothing about names or nothing. But I'm going to tell you that it was somebody that used to come to this church. This individual took a stand in her workplace. Decided they was just going to dress right. Just like, just felt like God had spoke to them and that they needed to dress different. People began to make fun. So they went to the high up. And spoke to the boss. But said, I know how I used to come to work. But said, I've decided I'm going to dress like this. It's modest. It looks as better and just as good as anybody else around here. And from now on, this is what I'm going to wear. Come on, church. God, let's take a stand. Come on. If God can speak to somebody that don't come through these doors time after time, why shouldn't he speak to us that comes through these doors all the time? What's wrong with our ears? What's wrong with our conscience? God help us. Stand tonight. I'm sorry. I didn't. Somehow, feel like that I said enough tonight that all of us have been preached to somewhere or other I said all of us I'm including myself I don't know about you but I found myself in that sleepy state a few times and it's scary for almost three years after my open heart surgery brother James I don't care to be transparent. I went through the hardest trial of my life. My wife only knows I wasn't myself, dear. I'd become a different person. I wasn't proud of who I'd become after that heart surgery. I'm going to tell you, when they take your heart out, honey, it changes everything, every part about you, your mind, everything. Freddie, I, I took me a long time. It took me almost two and a half years to start seeing God do something about it. But one night in the midnight hours, God began to speak to me, Brother James. And he said, son, you have no idea how many hands touched you while you were in the hospital. You don't know what kind of spirit they was carrying. And I began to rebuke spirits, Brother Terry. And it was six months or a year of rebuking spirits before I ever got a breakthrough that I even felt like I was worthy even to get up and minister. Three years I went through almost not even feeling like I was worthy to minister. That's where the devil wants you. He don't want you to feel worthy to worship. He don't want you to feel worthy of healing. He don't want you to feel worthy to witness to somebody else. I didn't feel worthy, Brother Mike. My wife, 
She had to put up with me. I thank God, Sister McGee, God delivered me out of that state and I'm headed back in the right direction. I'm not saying I'm 100%, but I'm telling you, I'm making my way back. Church, we can't fall asleep in this thing. See, I didn't know when it happened. I just know that when surgery come, when I come out of that hospital, there was something different about me. Oh, God, help us, Lord. This altar's open. I don't want you to feel bad about coming forth because I'm telling you, we need prayer. I love you all. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.